It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself in a Christian worldview. Okay, well, welcome to Quantum number 253, Quantum podcast that looks at news and views and culture from throughout the world from a Christian perspective. Uh, apologies if the sound on this is not quite as good as normal. Um, I'm not all that well, so my voice isn't great. And that means I've not been able to get into my office where I have my recording stuff. So I'm just recording this from home, but um, I hope you'll you'll hear it fine anyway. Okay, we are going to look at the theme of pretenders. And um, we're going to start with something that's not a bad pretender. Uh, the death of this lady. A church Tina Turner, of course, and Nat Bush, City Limits. Now, Tina Turner, amazing songwriter, um, simply the best. What's love got to do with it? She died in Switzerland, aged 83 years. I guess one of the legends. She rose to fame along with her husband, Ike, who turned out to be an abusive guy. She then left him, divorced him in 1978, and had even greater success as a solo artist in the 1980s. Um, that song, Nutbush City Limits, is particularly linked with here in Australia because for some bizarre reason it seems that every Australian learned this one at school and uh, it's at many weddings and at many functions. There is a particularly uh, Australian dance that they do to it. Look it up on YouTube. Just go Australian Nutbush City Limits. But, okay, uh, sorry to lose. Uh, Tina Turner. Now, I want, speaking of pretense, uh, let me just play this bit. This, uh, those of you in the UK will know this gentleman, many others won't, a very famous TV presenter called uh, Philip Schofield. But here's an item of news, or here he is a while ago, three years ago, actually. We sit here every day, mm -hmm. and I'm over there, mm -hmm. and some amazingly brave, incredible person is sitting here. Yeah. And I'm listening to their story and thinking, oh my God, you're so brave, oh my God, you're so brave. And I'm thinking, I have to be that person. Yeah. I have to be that, that person. Because I think all you can be in your life is honest with yourself. Yeah. And I was getting to the point where I knew I wasn't honest with myself. I was getting to the point where I didn't like myself very much because I wasn't being honest with myself. Mm. Just minutes earlier, he shared the news on his Instagram account to his almost three million followers. A statement read today by his co-host, Holly Willoughby. You never know what is going on in someone's seemingly perfect life, what issues they are struggling with or the state of their well-being. And so you won't know that what has been consuming me for the last few years 
With the strength and support of my wife and my daughters, I've been coming to terms with the fact that I am gay. When that came out, I remember it came out and I remember being so cynical. And forgive me for that. I mean, there he was sitting on the couch and his fellow presenter and everyone, everyone, politicians, newspaper people, what a brave man and wasn't it wonderful and so on. Well, in the past couple of weeks, it turns out that a lot of this was fake. It started off with his brother being convicted of pedophilia and then Schofield himself, he can't be blamed for his brother, but then Schofield himself admitted that he had had an affair with a teenager. Now, he claims it was legal, if not necessarily moral. Um, he met the boy when he was 15, some newspapers say 11, and got him on to TV as a producer. And uh, when he was 18, which was legal, uh, started having an affair with him. Now, he gave the impression in his original coming out interview three years ago that his behaviour had been beyond reproach, that his sexuality was something that was within himself and he was so brave. And I think it was Theodore Hobson who said, it's hard to unpick the offence he committed because our moral discourse is rather clogged up with sentimentality, evasion and political correctness. Now, he has apologised for being a liar. He's apologised for lying to ITV, his TV company, to his agent, to the press, and to his wife as daughters. Uh, it's incredible. You know, see, ITV fired people because they weren't woke enough. But they knew, according to all the news reports, there are so many people who knew that he had been uh, involved with somebody. Apparently, this was a well... I was going to say, an, an open secret. I think it's so depressing when people look at us, stare to camera and go on about the pain and their honesty and everything, when they're lying through their teeth. So I thought this song, speaking of pretenders, this song from Fred, Freddie Mercury. I see. 
Incidentally, you could argue that Freddie Mercury was also a great pretender. He was a great showman um, in terms of his life and everything else. I don't think a hypocrite like uh, Schofield. Anyway, we, we do try and go through some international news and uh, maybe just follow up a little bit on last week in terms of Turkey two weeks ago when we said that uh, Recep Erdogan would almost certainly win. Well, he has won. 52 versus 48 percent of the vote and um, he survived he was not expected to survive uh, it kind of kills off the hopes of those who wanted turkey to reform and it's actually a great boost of vladimir putin and then in spain it's fascinating in spain that the spanish prime minister pedro sanchez has now called a general election for july because his socialist party suffered resounding defeats in local and regional elections on Sunday. And it's uh, the, the right-wing party, the Vox party, they uh, did somewhat well. And the Conservative People's Party had huge electoral gains. And it's not just economic issues that are at stake here. Again, there's this divide between the, the socially progressive and socially conservative. There's a, a region of Spain called uh, Extremadura, which is a southern region, and it's landlocked, it's drought-stricken, it's poor. It has forever been a socialist stronghold, but yesterday, uh, not yesterday, earlier this week, I think on Sunday, right-of-centre parties won a majority in the regional assembly. And then... Um, Let's go to another country. Here's... I wonder if you know the, what country this is from its national anthem. Give you the translation. O defenders of the homeland, rally, rally around to the glory of our time. The blood surges in our veins. We die for the sake of our land. Let the heavens roar with thunder. Let thunderbolts rain with fire. Men and youth of Tunisia, rise up for her might and glory. No place for traitors in Tunisia, only for those who defend her. We live and die loyal to Tunisia, a life of dignity and a death of glory. Well, speaking of pretense, there was this great hope in the West that Tunisia was going to be a key part of the Arab Spring and democracy coming. But, uh, okay, um, that hasn't happened. In fact, Tunisia's president, Kais Saeed, had met with Syria's al-Assad on the eve of the Arab League summit in Jeddah. And together with Egypt's Abdul Fattah al-Sisi, 
it seems as though Tunisia has gone back to the club of Arab dictatorships. Well, again, that is not good news in Turkey and in Tunisia. It's not good news. Uh, there's an article, I put links to all these stories. There's an article in The Guardian which is worth reading and I'll put a link to that. And then let's go to Germany. And this to me is a massive story as well because, again, we're talking about pretense. Now, Germany was rock solid economically, but it's now entered into recession. And one of the reasons is because of deindustrialization, which has come about because Germany no longer has access to cheap Russian energy. And also because of the whole green movement, which is, is it's costing the country a fortune and it's bringing it down. There's no question about that. Uh, Qatar's energy minister has warned that the worst is yet to come for European oil and gas. And the reason that's important is because Europe relies heavily, heavily on Qatari uh, liquid gas imports for energy supplies. It's funny, I, I think people pretend to be in control and pretend to know. And it's just not the case, is it? Um, because I'm speaking of pretense, there was a band I went to see many moons ago. Uh, I went to see them in, in Hull in England, actually, together with UB40. This is The Pretenders. I found a picture of you oh, oh, oh. What hijacked my world at night To a place in the past we've been cast out of them back on the chain gang. Okay, let, let's, speaking of pretense, let's go to BLM. Now, many people who support Black Lives Matter do so because they are genuinely concerned about racism, but I think they've been taken advantage of. Black Lives Matters was founded by Patrice Cullors, or she's one of the main people, um, two other activists, and their mission was to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities. Sounds good. Black Lives Matter, because it became a, a kind of core celebre for corporations as well, its revenue blossomed. And in 2020, it raised 90 million, including with the support of Google, Amazon and Coca-Cola. 
yet now it's facing bankruptcy. Its deficit, its uh, revenue fell 88% last year and it ran a deficit of 8.5 million. And there's been huge financial scandal. So Kuller says that she's a, a, a Marxist, but we've said this story before, but she'd blown $3.2 million on luxury homes. Um, the, the foundation in May 22 made its first public tax filing that showed that they had spent more than 12 million on luxury properties, had paid $840,000 to Cooler's brother for quote unquote professional security services, and had paid another $970,000 to a company owned by the father of her child. Um, this filing, Cooler said, was triggering, triggering and claimed that the tax system was being weaponized against us. You know, you always claim victimhood. Well, last year, Kula's brother was again paid $1.6 million for professional security services. And to date, Black Lives Matter has allotted only $30 million for charitable grants. A company owned by one of her friends was paid $1.7 million for management and consulting services. So there's a pretense there as well. It's, um, yeah, it's just really really sad to see how that has gone let's stay in the united states and let's go to target now target have got themselves in a lot of trouble um it is this is utterly bizarre you wouldn't believe this but they have had a whole lgbtqi plus kids section but some of it contains uh, Satanist material. And there's been a boycott. And Target have lost $15 million in 10 days. Sorry, not 15 million, $15 billion in 10 days. It's incredible. Um, this song on iTunes is, is number one. Listen to it. I'm only rocking with Bruce, don't rock with no Caitlyn Jenner. You think that gay shit gonna get you paid? Yeah, we gon' see. It's my longest one, it's one of all we trumpin', baby. They put a target on my back, but they're targeting your kids. They don't even need to ask, cause you all know what it is. Yeah, that's why I keep a strap, and I'm always by my bears. This agenda gotta stop. Yeah, you know we gonna win when they target, target, yeah, they target and target. It's Chuck Calisto, it's uh an anti-Target song, and it is it was a song that targets Target, and uh, it's just knocked off Taylor Swift from number one. Now, speaking of pretends, uh, one woman who I've grown to admire a lot is uh, this one. Let me just play you this to start with. I've got a reputation now, a bad one. The environment for trans people, in particular in the UK at present, is abhorrent. And the hatred perpetuated by certain people in this room should be a damning indictment on them. I was sat in my room and I could hear protests outside. The, the, the whole city just felt on edge throughout the whole thing. Being in the same room as Dr. Stock and hearing her say the things she says, when I know the meaning she has behind them, it just feels aggressive against me. So I decided to stay away. I am already 
thought of as transphobic. You know, there's nothing I could do for these people to repair that now. There's nothing I could say that would change it. Dr. Scott, those she enables and those who enable her disgust me and they should discuss this house. It's hard for me to say why a certain issue becomes so heated. Hearing from these voices has to be positive. Your generation is terrified of causing offence. And I'm sure you know that because I'm sure you sometimes have rebellious thoughts that you think would offend people. And I think heretical thoughts need to be discussed. So that is why I commend the motion to you. Now that's from a Channel 4 documentary, which is about the transgender stuff. Um, again, speaking of pretense. And it was surprisingly balanced, so much so that activists are demanding that it be cancelled, ironically proving their point that this was a very divisive issue. But uh, in particular, one person came across really well, and that was Kathleen Stock. And uh, I, watching the documentary, she was so intimidated and so bullied, and especially at Cambridge. The, the you heard a bit of the clip there. Well, Debbie Hayton, who's a, a transgender person, wrote an article in The Spectator protesting against the treatment against her and questioning why so many people, children, were now claiming to be transgender. And I, I love the words she put in the article. Again, speaking about pretend, she says this. Fantasy is a poor foundation on which to build a life. The danger to young people comes not from stock, but influencers on social media and elsewhere who sell promises that can never be delivered. All right, I tell you what, speaking of stock, let's, I'm trying to do a review each week. Um, this is not really my kind of music, but stock wrote about this and I was so intrigued that um, I, I, I listened to it. Well, let's see what you think. This is just a, a bit of Kylie Minogue's latest single, Padam Padam. checking out Stokes um, review she describes it as spooky shivery synthy and insanely catchy uh, its rhythm is basic enough to make your hips twitch even while, while you're imploring them not to um, what I was struck about the review though as well was the whole experience is gloriously artificial fake instruments fake voice fake emotion pretense again isn't it you know I I think in terms of real music, um, maybe Kylie's not my scene, but it might be yours. And another person who's not my scene, this is a bizarre thing again, Jane Fonda, she's called for white men to face arrest and jail because they have created the climate crisis. Um, she said at the Cannes Film Festival, we have to arrest and jail these men. White men are the things that matter and then everything else is at the bottom. It's, it's remarkable because what she has done, she herself jets all over the world. She has private jets and everything. 
but it's white men that are to blame. I'm sorry, but I think she's fake. She's pretends. And one of the results of that is the rest of us really suffer. So there's a report in Bloomberg that says from now on, there are, no going to be, there are not going to be cheap short-haul flights in Europe. Um, they're one-third more expensive than last year. So as we've warned many times before, the climate crisis will mean the rich will get richer, the rich can travel, the rich can do all the things that they will seek to prevent other people doing. Speaking of pretense, the BBC have come up with something, I think, which George Orwell would have been proud of. The Ministry of Truth, they didn't call it that. They've called it Verify. Here's a little bit about it. The tour of the newsroom is our disinformation and social media correspondent, Mariana Spring. Morning, Mariana. Good morning. Uh, welcome to BBC Verify. Like you said, we are a team of investigative journalists here at the BBC. Uh, we are also a new brand and we are a physical location um, above the newsroom in London. Um, and the point of the team, as you said, is to verify video, to fact check, to counter disinformation um, and to analyse really complex stories so we can get to the truth of what's going on. Why does this matter? Well, mistruths can cause really serious harm to society and to the people in them. And so we want to show you our workings and really help you understand how we get to the bottom of what's happening. And I'm going to give you a bit of a flavour of the kind of work that the team are doing. Uh, so we're able to look at maps to geolocate um, specific uh, situations, stuff that's going on. Um, this is just a map of central London, where we are now. And this is New Broadcasting House, where I'm speaking to you from. Um, and it's not so important perhaps for the centre of London, but it is when we're analysing war zones or what's happening in hard to reach places. And there's a story on the BBC website today. It's looking at Russian fortifications um, on the front lines in Ukraine. Uh, and you can read more about it there. Um, and there are other ways that we also are able now, to... Now notice with that, mistruths can re really cause harm. I agree with that. But here is the question. Who's going to check the fact checkers? And what do they mean by disinformation? So I'll give you two examples. I listened to a BBC programme, File on Four, on sex education, um, stating, now, stating as fact that there are many genders. But that's disinformation. It's wrong. According to the Daily Telegraph, more than half of 16 to 18-year-olds believe it's likely the world will end in their lifetimes because of climate change. And again, that's because of disinformation. What the BBC will cause disinformation is stuff that goes against their agenda. Now, I think they could. They, they, this could be a great service, but someone needs to fact check the BBC as well. Okay, um, let's move on to religion. And speaking of pretense, well, there's yet another survey coming out. Uh, only 41% of Britons now believe in heaven, down from 57%. The same number, 26% uh, as before, still believe in hell. Um, it's interesting. Younger people are more likely to say they believe in life after death. There are five countries in the world, Norway, South Korea, Japan, Sweden and China, which come lower on the belief in God scale than the UK. The Philippines, by the way, has a top score of 100,000. But here's the strange thing. As we've often pointed out, when people cease to believe in God, it's not that they believe in nothing. It is as Chesterton says that they will believe in anything. Let's listen to this piece of music. Just as every cop is a criminal. 
that's the Rolling Stones, a sympathy for the devil. It's not a Satanist song. In fact, it's a song pointing out, amongst other things, how Satan responsible for the crucifixion of Christ, the destruction of the Russian Revolution, and so many other things. But Satanism is in. And guess what? The BBC, I bet you they didn't fact-check this one or verify any of this, have had a couple of favourable reports recently on the rise of Satanism. And again, I'll put links to this. But the Satanist, the Satanic Temple says that it had 10,000 members in 2019. This is in the US. It now has more than 700,000. It is utterly gross. It has developed an abortion ritual for people terminating a pregnancy. Um, it's also developed after-school Satan clubs with the slogan, Educating with Satan. It's unbelievable. It's content, it says its content is demon-free. They have a kid's song, My Pal Satan, with a bopping animated goat and the line, Satan's not an evil guy. He wants you to learn and question why. He wants you to have fun and be yourself. And by the way, there is no hell. Somebody being interviewed said, Satanism stands for everything I believe in, including bodily autonomy, compassion, respect, and science. And Satan represents those who are cast out, those who think differently. The appeal of Satan is that he's the accepting one, the inclusive one, and someone I can more identify with. Although I don't believe he actually exists, said this person. Well, the devil is real, and this is an incredibly foolish and sad thing. Now, you'd think the church would be able to answer all of this, but I want you to listen to how not to answer. Listen to this. I want to say something for two minutes to those of you who are not Christians or not Jesus followers, or maybe you used to be and you got away, and, or maybe you're part of a different religion or a different faith system. And I really want to apologize. If one of us Christians um, has attempted, has attempted to impose one of our Christian rules on you, I'm sorry. Um, you know, anyone who said, but the Bible says, or Jesus said, or God, you know, and they, they, they just try to impose one of their, our Christian rules on you. I just want you to know, I am so sorry. How you choose to live your life is really none of our business. In fact, you're, if you aren't really a Bible person, you're gonna, I'm gonna show you a verse that you've never seen before that you're gonna love this. This is a, for sure one verse that you're gonna agree with in the Bible. And, and I hate to admit this in front of a lot of Christians, but a lot of us have never seen or read this verse either. The Apostle Paul, who again wrote half the New Testament, about half the New Testament, in the first, this, this is some of the most ancient Christian literature. In fact, this is the earliest of his books. This was before the Gospels. And he's writing to some Christians and he's telling them how to behave in a culture where they are the minority and everybody else, you know, they just don't buy it. You know, they just reject it, maybe like you do. And here's, here's what he said to them. And if we had been doing this all along, chances are, you would not have been offended by one of us. So this is completely on us, but this is what he said. You're gonna love this. He said, make it your ambition. That is, you need to focus. This is a big deal front and center every single day. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and you should mind your own business. You're like, that's not in the Bible, uh-huh. And he goes on to say, you should mind your own business and work with your own hands and take care of your own family. And just, you know, just do your thing. Why? So that your daily life may, may win the respect of outsiders. Where did we get the idea? 
Stay with me. Where did you get the, we get the idea that somehow we are to impose our rules, our family rules on people who don't even want to be in our family? That is um, the young Andy Stanley or younger Andy Stanley. It's breathtakingly bad. Apologizing for attempting to impose Christian rules. There's so much wrong with what he says there, but let me try and explain it in this way. First of all, this excessive individualism, how you choose to live your life is none of our business. So Andy's saying, if you choose to be a racist, a slave trader, a wife beater, a pedophile, if you choose to do that, hey, we don't care. We just live our own lives. You live your own life. Wow. So Andy doesn't think we should impose anti-slave laws. He quotes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 10 to 12. 1 Thessalonians, a book, and 2 Thessalonians, which warns about Christ coming in judgment. This idea that if only we didn't do this, people wouldn't be offended by the gospel of Christ. Jesus is very offensive to so many people, and we need to be able to warn people. So, you see, in this week's quantum, we've looked at all these different things, you know, from Satanism to fake elections to TV presenters, manipulating and grooming. We've looked at all these things and it shows that we live in a world that's confused and that's messed up and that's so much of it is fake. But what we have in Christ is reality. He is the truth. And Mr. Stanley is wrong. I am going to teach the word of God to non-Christians as much as possible, not to seek to impose a moral code on them, which they could not keep, but to point them towards the one who's kept that moral code. So I'm going to love you and leave you with Matt Papa and the Gettys singing Hope in Life and Death. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone, Christ alone. What is our only confidence that our souls to Him belong? Who holds our days within His hand? What comes apart from His command? And what will keep us to the end? The love of Christ in which we stand. That's taken from the Heidelberg Catechism, actually. I'm going to start doing on Sunday, God willing, uh, a look at the Shorter Catechism, uh, if you want to join us for that. But the Heidelberg Catechism says this, What is your only comfort in life and death? Such a beautiful answer, that I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Saviour, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood, and he set me free from all the power of the devil. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. 
beautiful, beautiful stuff. I don't belong to the devil. I don't have any sympathy with the devil. I don't belong to any of the rulers or dictators of this world. I belong to Christ. And that is my only comfort in life and death. And I just ask simply, what about you? Thanks to Peter for producing this. If you want to support uh, the Quantum podcast, then go to the Podbean fundraiser. If you've got any comments or information that you wish to pass on, then please do so. Go to the website, www.theweefly.com or email me at theweefly at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you and God willing, I'll see you next week and I'll be able to get into my own wee studio and my voice will have completely recovered. God bless you. See you then. Bye. What will we sing? Christ, he lives. Christ, he lives. And what reward will heaven bring? Everlasting life with him. There we will rise to meet the Lord. Then sin and death will be destroyed. And we will feast in Joy when Christ is ours.